Hello and welcome to Utterly Geek's Game of the Year Deliberations 2018. <sighs> I'm Darren Bell. That gasp was Christopher Walzik. Hello. That silence you hear is Stephen Petrella. Yep, he's perfect. He's going. He's going full mute <laughs> this episode for <laughs> for the speaking. next several hours. Mm-hmm. Special guest Ninja Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, yeah, we're here to do our yearly Game of the Year deliberations. Uh, To preface and start the entire thing off, this is a sampling of games that we have played this year between the three of us and no one else's opinion or input matters. (laughs) And these are games that we have played new this year. This doesn't necessarily mean they were released this year. We're expanding it this year because we all have backlogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as that game had not re- previously received an award from us, it is eligible for this. Mm-hmm. For the entirety, every category, start to finish. Uh, spoiler warning, we will be talking about spoilers in nearly every game we have here. So if you really don't want the ending to Jackbox Party Pack 5 ruined, you should probably tread lightly. <laughs> Listen, there's this when when Godzilla shows up. Yeah, uh, man. But here we, that's when it here gets we good. Are. That's when that shit gets good, and all of a sudden your screws turn into bullets. Yep. And then you can die. <clears throat> but we are going to run down a number of categories. We kind of have our own little nominees in each, and each category we'll be whittling it down to one winner and two runners-up, mm-hmm. except when we get to our Game of the Year deliberation. In that case, we are going to come up with a top five this year. We've also decided to whittle that down in the interest of time and more stringent discussion. Sure. So, without further ado, let us start, as we always start, with movie of the year. We have listed Ralph Breaks the Internet, Annihilation, Isle of Dogs, Paddington 2, A Quiet Place, Mission Impossible Fallout, Avengers Infinity War, You Were Never Really Here, Burning, First Reformed, and Hereditary. It's a lot more than we typically have for this category. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to go out and, you know, take the first hack at this and remove my own Ralph Breaks the Internet. (laughs) It was a very good sequel Mm. to Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. And I think it hits every mark perfectly. It it has the best after-credits sequence I believe I have ever seen in a movie. But it doesn't... I'm I'm willing to let it go. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've still yet to see it. I've been meaning to. I just... It's just time... Time sucks yeah. sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's our number one currency, more than money right now. Yeah. How do you spend your time? Yeah. But, yes, I'm willing to kill the internet. Let's do that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think 
Steve, you should probably lead us off here with some of your movies because, I mean, you basically have a podcast that's based off of the, all of this shit. So I feel sure. in- ill-equipped. This is this yeah. is probably your uh, your whole section slash category <laughs> of this entire podcast for today. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, I just like I really liked Annihilation a lot, but I wanted to put other fil- films that you guys didn't put in besides Mission Impossible because I just feel kind of strongly about that just as an action movie and that it's one of the best action movies that I- that's come out in like the last probably since Mad Max Fury Road yes um, yeah <laughs> I would oh, I, really? I would agree with that because I left the theater being fucking pumped yeah. <laughs> after it's, that movie it's just a good like it's a very good story. It's got so many good twists and turns, and just the action is so fucking good. And it's since uh, he does all his own stunts, it's just and he does everything in that fucking movie. And he like... does everything. So <clears throat> I think the best part of that is they don't have to make unnecessary cuts. No. So when his face pops on, obviously they don't have to cut because it's him. It's Tom Cruise. So you don't, yeah. and, and I, I'm pretty sure for the majority of, of the actors in that film, they're all doing their own stunts. So they, so it's just, it's just a very watchable movie and it doesn't like, it holds your attention so well. And I just, I fucking love it. So I just wanted to put it on my list so I could talk about it a little bit. But for, for mine, I mean, obviously mine are probably the less seen, more artsy type of stuff. And then I'll, just give a little bit of a rundown of each and then um then we can kind of i guess discuss uh but with you are never really here it's just a really like artsy kind of like version of of taxi driver with Mm. joaquin phoenix it's really well done it's i think it's about like just have you have it's this guy has ptsd and he doesn't know how to function in society without kind of being violent in a certain way that's good for humanity but it's just a really interesting take on like ptsd and what happens and how maybe how the united states deals with it with people who have ptsd um Mm. yeah i i if you if you like joaquin phoenix he's 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 fucking amazing in it and he just does a really good job of portraying that character um and then with burning um that's a korean film and it's really like kind of an analysis of hating yourself and hating your roots and blaming your family for like the the issues that you have in in your life and it's mm. just uh steven yun is in it from the walking dead and oh, okay. he is he's not the main character it's he plays a really weird like you don't you don't like He's like a mystery guy. Like he's doing some shit. You don't know what the fuck he's doing. You don't like him because he's kind of he's kind of a douchebag, and you're just like, okay, what is this guy up to? But he is phenomenal. Like he's just absolutely amazing. And it, mm. I mean, it's Korean, so it is subtitled. And mm. um, I think it's the first time he's ever uh, done a Korean film. And he, I think he said he was very uncomfortable because he, it's not obviously Korean isn't his first language, so. He was like it was if it was difficult and he felt weird, but he he fucking killed it, and I highly recommend it. It is kind of a it's a slow burn type of movie. It builds 
in it. Nah. So, <laughs> yeah. and I do think the name because it's play, called burning. I uh. do think the name plays a little bit to, has a little bit to do with that. Um, right. There's a lot of symbolism, a lot of metaphors. It's there's a lot to an, analyze in that film. Like there's a lot to sit like sit down. when you when I got out of watching that film, I wanted to, like it sucks because nobody wanted to go with me. But mm. so I went by myself, and when I left the theater i was like fuck i wish someone was here because i need to talk about this because it's just there's so much i hate that shit like i don't Mm -hmm. understand it and if i talk to somebody i might understand it more because then you can bounce ideas off of each other so yeah yeah i just couldn't i just want to talk about it but there's nobody else that i know who watched it um and then with first reformed that would be kind of another it's it's by the writer of Taxi Driver, so it's kind of in that oh. vein of like revenge. Um, okay. But it's basically Ethan Hawke plays the main character, and he's like a, um, not a priest, but he's just like a reverend, and he okay. like a chaplain. Yeah, he starts to like question his faith and question like the morals of of the church and stuff like that. And he starts to like go down this like rabbit hole of, of cause the church is like defending uh, or like he starts thinking about the environment and thinking about like global warming and shit. And like mm. the, the, the diocese that he works for is like, dude, none of that shit's real. Like, you know, whatever. And then he starts to go down this rabbit hole of like analyzing the environment and like, saving it and it gets fucking really weird uh there's like he has like an out-of-body experience at one point and it just like throws you for a loop because it just like comes out of nowhere and you're just like what the fuck is going on why did they choose to do that he like is i don't even want to spoil it because it's so fucking weird and it needs to be watched even if you don't like the movie that part is just like what why did they do that um Mm. I'm always down for a good, like, <laughs> what the fuck is this type of movie? Yeah, but Ethan Hawke is amazing, and I'm, I'm like, he's definitely going to get nominated for, I think he's already been nominated for a Golden Globe, and I'm sure he'll be nominated for an Oscar for it, because he's just really fucking good. And it's just, a, it's, you know, when you, the questioning of the church and stuff like that is very relevant today. And oh, yeah. It's, it's just really well done and then there's a little bit of like terrorism involved and stuff like that and it's 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 very uncomfortable to watch at times um but just really well done and then uh hereditary is an artsy horror film that (laughs) i mean i don't know i don't know if really artsy because like i did hear quite a bit about it like yeah i mean it's popular unless you just unless you just mean like artsy in the way that just how it was filmed how it's it was like very filmed. low yeah. low budget it's it's very like this the cinematography and stuff like it's just a lot of there's a lot of symbolism so it's like okay so you have the mm. you have the surface film and then there's like what's going on underneath like what what are what are they really trying to say here because you have the horror like I, f- I feel like the horror side of it is just like a vessel for them to tell the, the real story that they want to tell basically mm. so it's like hey this is the entertaining part of this so it's a horror but we're trying to talk about like like issues and families and stuff like that that i think that's really what they were trying to do was like show these issues and how it just eats away at a family and just destroys your family if you don't yeah. like if you don't try <laughs> to resolve things but it's just done in a really 
it's a weird ass movie that has to do with like putting the soul of a demon inside of another person's body basically and it's just fucking weird there's a lot of like so birth it's it's a, yeah so so basically it's a it's a cult it's a like a they're a cult and they're they worship this god called Payman, who is a demon like a mischievous sexual demon and uh okay so it, <laughs> they try to put it in this, this i'm listening they try to, <laughs> so they try to put it in the son's body the, the so the his the grandmother is the person who's like the head of this cult and she's trying to put this this demon payment in her daughter's son's body while he's in the womb, and it doesn't work so, out. Oh, so huh? So it's kind of like a Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> I, type. Yeah, a little bit, and and that doesn't work out. So then they end up putting the soul of payment inside of her next child, which turned out to be a daughter, and payment is supposed to be a male, so it rejects the daughter's body. And it be, the daughter becomes, like, this autistic, like, kind of, I don't know, like, just very strange child. Hmm. <clears throat> but they want us, they still, since they know the, the soul of payment is inside that the body of that kid, they want to transfer it into the boy still. So there's okay. still, there's just this weird story. <laughs> it is really fucking hard to explain. It's weird. And it is, like, a lot of crazy things happen just though the cinematography and stuff is cool because it plays with um tony collette is like the main character and she makes models of things so it like really skews your at, like your look of like is that am i looking at a model of something or am i looking at an actual like scene of characters they do this like mm-hmm. kind of back and forth where it like starts off and you're looking at like the model and then it, like the camera goes in and then it's the actual room and the characters are in the room and it's just it's really cool, huh. and and it's just I think it's just symbolism for the cult like controlling their life and stuff like that, like their puppets, right. and it's just it's it's really well done, and I I enjoyed it a lot, but it's just it's out there, and Tony Collette is also she's fantastic in it, mm. so that's just explanation of of those films <laughs> and why I like them. <laughs> uh. So before before you start, hey, has anyone ever said that you should have a podcast about? Movies? <laughs> yeah. You seem to really know what you're doing. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I think it, I think it would do well. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so before before you go you go on with what you're going to what you're going to fight for, Steve, or remove or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'll I'll go through mine as well. I okay. guess before yeah. we all all together collectively yeah definitely well i've got one more that you assholes haven't listed either so don't skip me i might have watched the least but right right. uh (laughs) um so so one thing that i'm gonna kind of like both explain why it's on my list but also immediately axe (laughs) from from our (laughs) list is is avengers infinity war and really the only reason why i had it on there is because like it's the most fucking ballsy move that marvel disney has done in Mm -hmm. a long fucking time that i was like by the time i was leaving that theater like everybody was in shock and i was just like yeah like i'm ready for more baby like let's fucking i'm ready for the next one like uh i still haven't seen it i I know the big twist i know the whole yeah snap thing but right uh well i mean part of it too is like 
I mean, even after the snap is just like finding out the next like five minutes of that movie is finding out who was affected. And you just see so many people just suddenly like it's so many great shots where it would just be the camera would just like cut to someone and then you'd see them start fucking turning into ash and like disappearing. And you're just like, you know, and some of these characters that you you're attached to because you're just like, you know, you've seen the movies and like you you've seen him, whether it's like a, a, their solo movie or like multiple movies or, you know, sequels or whatever. You get attached to some of the characters. So then when you see some of them like fucking going away, you're just like, Jesus Christ. Like you just see like one after another is just like just keeps going and going and going. And you're just like the entire thought. Like I just loved how deathly quiet that the theater was during that whole segment. And it was just like little gasps here and there all throughout the audience. Like every time, whenever like it showed someone going away, like being fucking Mm -hmm. turning into ash and just wilting away. Like that, that for me, just what made that fucking movie to be like, that was fucking awesome. And like, now I'm ready. I'm waiting. I'm ready for the second one. I mean that too. And also that, uh, I thought that Josh Brolin did a fucking phenomenal job as Thanos like he he was actually like made me sympathize with him and be like huh <laughs> like i see his motives like i i it's pretty clear to me i guess like yeah it's fucking it's pretty psychotic but like he raises some good points <laughs> jeez uh yeah i don't know it, it like it, just his performance too was like so fucking good and that which is weird because it wasn't like the thanos character was like passed around throughout the last 10 years as to like who was playing him Mm -hmm. and so i guess they just wanted to have someone who had the acting chops to like really have him be front and center for this movie because you know he's gonna have the most screen time so they had to fucking do it right right um so yeah, I mean it sucks for the for the other guys who were playing as Thanos, but I mean fucking Josh Brolin knocked it out of the park for that. Um, so yeah, I mean I, I'm willing to axe it just because like really Thanos and the snap were like the two big things that I was just like that was fucking awesome. Like yeah, like that was such a risky move that they did, and I I had read up about it like about the whole Infinity War and like what happens and that like he does succeed and everything like in the comics. So like everybody was speculating like will they actually do it like that's a big fucking step for marvel to just be like yeah no everything we've built up to now it's like we're just getting rid of like half of it <laughs> like so that we can reboot all yeah. of them. yeah right yeah that's right. cynic in me yeah, right yeah um no, but I, yeah I, I really liked it too i thought it was, i thought it was a really good uh marvel movie yeah I, but I don't. I don't think it holds up to probably some of these other films that that are on list here. No. Um, yeah, like I would agree with that. I think it's a. I think I think it's a really good movie, and I think it's one of uh, the best Marvel movies that they've released. But mm-hmm. for me, usually just Marvel. Like I love Marvel movies, but they usually just they're, don't they're, hold up as like the best movie. You know, like they're, they're yeah. entertaining and they're fun to watch. They're good popcorn films. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel good yeah. after you watch them. You're like, fuck yeah, but, you know, 
And and I think that was why was because like so many so many hero movies were always like that you always know the fucking the hero's the gonna hero win. The hero will win. The bad yeah. guy will die. Uh, or be yeah. put in jail. Uh, yeah. So that's why it was just like everybody just felt so fucking distraught after that movie. But I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just because it was something fucking different. Finally, yeah. like oh, I definitely. and that's and that's why I think I just enjoyed it that much. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, let me talk about fucking Paddington Two because that goddamn movie is the greatest movie. <laughs> Of everything ever. <laughs> uh, no, man, that... Jesus Christ, like... So, I went into Paddington 2 being like, alright, I need to watch... Before I see Paddington 2, I definitely need to see the first one, because I've heard it's a pretty good, like, wholehearted family film, which I'm usually, like, not into. Like, whenever I see a family film, I'm like, oh, God, it's, like, gonna be some shit, like, from Illumination, where it's, like, nothing but fart and fart and poop jokes and fucking rehashed jokes and shit like that. Cause that's like what a lot of family movies are nowadays. Mm-hmm. But like this, uh, the Paddington movies, the two movies, like, and the director, he's like new, like those are his two only movies that he's ever done was just those two movies. And, uh, he fucking knocked it out of the park. Cause they are like wholesome. They are good. Like all the jokes are really fucking funny. Uh, even some of the ones in the second one where they're like they're running jokes. It's like a thematic joke that's still going on uh, in the second one. Uh, Steve will know what I'm talking about. What I mentioned about the the man that's attracted to who dresses uh, the man who's always attracted to people that dress the opposite sex. Yeah, yeah. Like that character, that <laughs> reoccurring character, fucking makes me like laugh my ass off every time. Um, and uh but yeah like the the themes and the story is just so well so well done and the characters are so well done and um and so well written and just like between the first one and the second one like even even with Paddington like even though he's like it's kind of like he's still somewhat the same character but there's still character development that he has like he's still that like discovering the world personality that he's got but he still he kind of just takes what he's learned in the last two movies and he's kind of like grown from it um but yeah i mean oh god and the fucking the ending of paddington 2 just had me just you see it coming but because you see it happen anyway and it's just because it's like everything that's built up to this moment at the very end you're just like when you actually see it happen god i was in fucking (laughs) i i was fucking crying like a goddamn baby man like i was in absolute tears uh yeah i cried when that watching that movie yeah yeah uh wow yeah so what you're saying is i need to see padding you do yes i will i'll I really love Paddington too, and I, I would actually fight for it to be in, in there. I just didn't put it on there because I knew <laughs> that you really loved it, Wally, and that you were going to talk about it. So, yeah, because we because we were talking about movies all throughout the year, and I think like every time after we we're done talking about movie, we we're like, we always ended it with 
Yeah, but it's still not as good as Paddington yeah. 2. <laughs> For the first yeah, the number of times that you guys have told me to see Paddington and Paddington yeah. 2. For the first six months of the year, that was my favorite movie of the year. Like, I was, I just loved it. I thought that the director out did uh, – he out Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson this year. Like, I, Oh, my I God, felt, yeah. I just felt like it, it, it has the pacing of – it has the feel of a Wes Anderson wow. movie. And, but yeah. it, the delivery – of everything in that movie, like I re- I mean, I love Wes Anderson and I liked Isle of Dogs. I just felt that Paddington was a better, like just a more well done film. And Hugh mm-hmm. uh, Hugh Grant is so fucking good as the bad. Oh guy. God! Like he's just so fucking good. Everyone like the acting is phenomenal. The delivery is phenomenal. The story is just really well done and well told, and it's so heartfelt. And it, it's. I think it's just so relatable to adults. Like it, yes. it is like a family film for like, you might think it's for children, but I think it was more written for adults in, in my personal opinion, like the, the feeling of it and like the, it's just like a come together and understand the world type of movie. And I just fucking love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So it sounds to me like Paddington two has to be on this. List. <laughs> it sounds like that's a lock. I, that's a top yes, three. I think so. Yes. L- yeah. Hearing Wally gush about that entire movie all year, <laughs> I'm inclined to agree. <laughs> and you, you definitely have. I don't want to step in front of that train. Yeah, yeah, yeah you definitely should watch Paddington and Paddington Two because, I, and I think I you'll like it, it to my just schedule because you like Wes Anderson and stuff and like yeah the way that the the director delivers it's that like kind of dry wit. And yeah, stuff. and I—it's uh, my favorite kind of wit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a couple of things in there where it's like, it's like that some of the humor is like, all right, that's a little cutesy, whatever. Oh, yeah, like definitely. maybe maybe, no, maybe no. might not get you to like really like laugh, but there are some moments that are just like, dude, I was fucking. I was crying laughing. Yeah, like, I was, was I was so much crying in this movie. Like, whatever, it's good. emotional or laughing. Like, it's just so much of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha. Um... Yeah, so there's that. Uh, a Quiet Place. Um, I don't watch a lot of horror movies in general, but this one was like one of those things that just seemed so original. Mm-hmm. And just from what I heard of what they did with this movie, I was like, all right, I got to give this shit a shot. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was like a couple of jump scares, but honestly, like the rest of that film was just so well done. I think just from a technical standpoint of something that is just entirely devoted to sound and, and or lack thereof. Uh, And like, I thought the concept was fucking awesome and the creatures were really neat. Um, Yeah. yeah, So I thought, I thought that was really great. I mean, I'm kind of bummed that I heard that there's a second one coming and John Krasinski is working on it. Mm -hmm. Like he's, He's kind of like the executive producer, and I think he's helping writing it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of bummed it's happening, but that's just kind of how Hollywood treats horror films. Like, if there's a one really good knock-out-of-the-park horror film, Hollywood's like, how the fuck can we make this, like, a series? Mm-hmm. Like, Well, here's, here's the magical thing. You can ignore the sequel. <laughs> yeah. There was a Caddyshack 2. Oh, no God. one talks about Caddyshack 2. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, I, yeah, I mean, 
I, I really enjoyed it as just like as a horror film. Like I thought it was really original, uh, really in- intense. Um, yeah, so I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Mission Possible Fallout. I mean, Steve pretty much said everything there for that mm-hmm. fucking great movie. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely one of my best, my favorite action films this year. Like the last 30 minutes of that film was oh, just yeah. like on the edge of my fucking yeah. seat the entire time <laughs> and there's just so many moments in that movie where you're just like what the fuck is happening like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there's so many twists there just like i swear to god i think one that one whole segment in like 10 minutes there's like seven twists like in, you're just your like room, yeah. what even what's happening right now yeah. and you think that they that that would be overwhelming but it works no yeah <laughs> that see that that's exactly where my mind went is like if at any point i'm watching a movie and i have to exclaim what the fuck is even happening right now mm. that's normally followed quickly by a stop yeah you you think you <laughs> just walk away like, you think you feel that way but it fucking all of it fucking works and that's that's yeah. where i think that's why it's such a good fucking movie is they do this stuff that usually doesn't work that well in movies and they make it fucking work perfectly it's like okay oh, yeah. here's four twists right in a row and it's like, <laughs> that shouldn't work that shouldn't be good and i shouldn't understand like they they actually just do a really good job of like you're in the moment you're like okay what the fuck but they do a good job of explaining it so when you mm-hmm. see things going down you under so you're not just like well that wouldn't it, there's like not a lot you can you can obviously say that that can't happen because it's an over-the-top action film, but yeah. they explain why it happens. So there's nothing that yep. you can like. Okay. There's nothing that you can kind of go, well, that it's, shouldn't happen that way because of this. You'd just be like, well, they explain why it fucking happened, you know? Like, they, yeah. And they just do. A really uh, yeah. Good job don't. Don't don't take my description, Darren, as uh, as a what the fuck, as in a literal like I don't understand this. Therefore, I'm going well, to shut right, my yeah. brain off. It's more of no, no, like no, no, no. just that, shit happens. Yeah, like it, you understand so it, much. You're just like what the fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that that's what I was getting at because you guys were so positive on that. Yeah moment which is not something you typically associate with that kind of thing no usually right. i'm like all right come on jesus christ yeah, it, yeah. it's become too much <laughs> yeah and right like move on right from this part but that in that moment you're just like oh 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 shit you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> super good yeah. um yeah so that's that's about that and then annihilation i mean we've all oh my god well all three of us have seen it and uh that's that's a real fucking Ooh. <laughs> that goes places. We'll have Darren explain it. <laughs> Yeah. You go ahead, Darren. It was... I put it up there, not not quite, but it's in the same kind of caliber, same kind of realm as like Blade Runner, in that it is a philosophical dive that's... It doesn't... It doesn't waste time, but at the same time, never feels sped up. It very much... The world feels lived in, but mm-hmm. also completely alien. And that's that's the point of Annihilation. Yeah. And I thought it was, it was phenomenal because you have an all-female cast, which gives you a very unique perspective on the given situation. Right. And everyone was at the top of their game. I don't think any one of those actresses half-assed yeah. anything. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely wonderful. Visually, it's just 
supremely stunning. Mm-hmm. And the execution of their backstories and how they roll it all out. And it's it's so well done. And for me, it hits that golden moment of a non-resolutionary ending. Yeah, uh, yeah. That is, I think, the most effective non-resolutionary ending I've ever seen in film. Mm. Yeah. But that's that's for me... Who does not have that depth of knowledge as some of us? No, I think I think that movie hits it perfectly too, like with that kind of stuff. Because, and that, I mean, that's probably a reason why it didn't do so hot in the, in the box office. Oh right, but, yeah. Um, yeah cause well, it, it was also that it like it came out both on Netflix and theaters yeah, at the same time, which was that. a really weird move. <laughs> yeah, they did. They just right. I think, oh shit, yeah. I think they knew. They just knew it was wasn't gonna do that well and they kind of didn't push it like they didn't do mm-hmm. a lot to, to push that film but um yeah I, I i agree with you darren and i think there's a lot like i think it's a film that there's a good story going on but it's also very metaphorical and there's a lot that you it, mm-hmm. I, upon if you watch it again and watch it again you start to see things unravel and and i think there's like a lot of reasons for why they each character has this kind of really different personality and um, these different takes. Because, like, really the Annihilation or when they go in the bubble, it each uh, eats each character up in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, Right, but it's also a kind of a weird meta-commentary on Mm -hmm. your environment and what actually makes you you. Like, it gets down to a core conceit yeah. of humanity yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. and, and there like it's it, oh. there's a lot of um a lot of uh analysis that you can do like i've read some stuff about uh the characters being a stage of grief and yeah um I've that heard that ultimately that's what it is is like she and her uh husband know that they like fucked up in their relationship and now she they're go she's going through the stages of grief and then at the end, it's like the change and the looking at each other, and they're they're both aliens because they're completely different. Um, and th- but there's, I mean, there's more interpretations, and I think that's why it is a good film because it it makes you want to watch it again and be like, what? The, okay, what the fuck are they really doing here? But it is, I mean, yeah. it's also terrifying, and the effects are amazing, and it's oh, just God. Like, yeah, that fucking bear monster. The bear monster. Oh my God. The fucking that's that's probably why Tara does not want to. My girlfriend does not want to watch uh, that movie again, because yeah. <laughs> just because of that monster that, alone. Yeah, the bear monster. I mean, terrifying. she she. I mean, she enjoyed the movie, but it was just like that one little segment. She was just like, no, yeah. like. Was, but, I mean, but that bear monster is so amazingly yeah. designed. Oh, it's oh, something yeah. straight out of fucking Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so grotesque. I love it. When they it. open up the guy and like his insides are moving, it's like it's just shit like that. Yeah. That just oh, man. is so good. And well, and, and then the, when they find the one guy that's in the uh, that was in the pool, it was oh, like on yeah. the deep end, and he just was just like splayed like, out, splayed out yeah. and like growing into the side of yeah. It's just really fucking cool. Those are some really good set design oh, yeah. pieces in that movie, and just like just. Just some God really damn. uncomfortable fucking moments in that mm-hmm. film that I felt while watching it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah. it was one of those things where it was, like, you don't want to fucking look away, but 
you just want to keep watching. Yeah. Uh, I, God damn it. I want to watch it again right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck this. Let's go watch <laughs> And then feel fucking miserable. Uh, yeah. Come down <laughs> with me. Yeah, there's just uh, so many, like, little terrifying moments in that film, too. Like, especially even with, like, uh, what I was thinking also was uh, when she comes across the alien and it's like mimicking everything that she's doing and she's mm-hmm. like when she was pressed up against the wall and she was like trying to press back but it was just like kept pushing up against her until it like eventually just made her pass out and then because she relaxed like the alien relaxed so it was like mimicking her movement i was just like man that's it's kind of terrifying yeah. <laughs> like yeah like there's and nothing that, you can do because the more you fight, the more it'll fight back because it's it's fucking mimicking you. Yeah. So, and I've seen interpretations of that particular scene being an allegory for depression or mental illness. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah. It, like, listen, there are layers <laughs> yeah, to that fucking movie, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the Southern Reach trilogy, which is the book series it's based off of. I need to read through them. Mm-hmm. It's the Area X trilogy. Man, it's Annihilation's magic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I love it. Uh, the only other movie I had on my list is Isle of Dogs, which was Wes Anderson's most recent movie. Yep. Uh, I I love Wes Anderson. Isle of Dogs was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think it was his absolute best. It no. was really interesting seeing that animation style, that kind of claymation, and everyone was phenomenal in it. Mm-hmm. I loved the fact that they were in Japan, so all of the human characters are speaking their native language. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting and great take on it. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think it hangs with the other things on this list. No. Right. I I would on my top three. <laughs> I think I think not with you guys. Just here. well, like there's that there's that awesome time lapse video that I mean you you sent me Wally where. They're doing the sushi scene, and that sushi it is scene, so. Yeah. I mean, on, from a technical like claymation standpoint, it is phenomenal. Like the work mm-hmm. that they put into it, I just want to shout it out because that's just amazing to me. Like that they yeah. spend that yeah, much time and and are that intricate on on building these little set pieces, and and that sushi scene right. is just an amazing scene in general. Like it's just really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of cool about that movie. Yeah. I just don't think it hangs. No with the impact of everything else here. I would agree. So it sounds to me like you two have a lot of a lot of <laughs> feelings about Mission Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's does that Okay, we we're, we're all real hot on Annihilation. Does mm. Annihilation belong on this list? Because I believe it does. For I'm, me, it was my absolute number one. See, I'm I'm fine. I, I really liked Annihilation a lot. It wasn't my favorite movie, and since you guys haven't seen those four films, I don't have like I don't want to really argue hard for them because it's like mm. we we've all seen okay. me and me and Wally saw Paddington too, and it's amazing. We've all seen Annihilation, and we all really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I think it, I think it hangs with those films as far as like, from like, a, I think it's more well filmed than most of those movies, and like just on a, like, story level, like it hangs with those films too. So I, I'm fine with putting Annihilation on there because I really loved it a lot. 
but it's a that's up it's up to you guys I'd, as well. I'd I'd agree with that. Do we? Ha- I agree oh, with yeah, that too. Me, me too. Me, me too. Because that was that was a very it was a very unique movie. Yeah, and it yeah. was it, it fucking went places. Yeah, I, it's, <laughs> it's it's one that I mentally will come back to every once in a while and just chew on it a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. I mean, I think they took a lot really of risks good. as far as as far as a film that su- was supposed to be like this a movie and supposed they. I mean, obviously they made it thinking it was going to do okay at the box office, but then maybe after watching it, they were like, "This might not do that good." But mm-hmm. I think they right. just he. I think. Uh, God, I can't think of the director, but um, I think he just took a big risk in in doing that, and and so yeah. did all the actors. And I think what they accomplished was great. It just sadly didn't do so hot. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciate what they were doing with that. Um, I I also would want Mission Impossible on there because I I, I want to say, give yeah. it props. I want to give it props because of what they did. Like they with you would feel like those movies should be getting stale. Yeah, but they, but they get better they every time. fucking better. <laughs> and I, like, <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, the first three are, like, kind of mediocre movies that, like, I... Well, the first one's really the good. The first one's good. I mean, the first one's, the first one's classic. The second, the second one is... The second one's poopy. John Woo. <laughs> yeah, the second one I mean, it's John Woo, is... so fucking, if that gives you an idea. The third one, I think, I like the third one. I just think it's... Like, that's one of those movies that I think there's times where I was like, okay, like, you're going too far. Mm. But I... I, mean, I, I, I meant to rewatch three, like... I, I meant to rewatch the whole trilogy, because we were going to watch, like, all of them before mm-hmm. Fallout. Uh, but we basically watched one, and then Skip I was those. like... <laughs> I, I was like, fuck two. And then three, I was like, well, three I only saw once, and I never... And it's been, a, like, a long fucking time. But then I was like, well, let's just skip it. Let's just do the more recent, like, trilogy. Mm-hmm. So that way it's like, because that's, like, the ongoing story. It seems to be, like, a cohesive story that they're just kind of continuing yeah, th- off of. Those are. And I think it. Ch- I think they changed because, well, you have, I think, it, what was the first, Ghost Protocol? Was that the? Yeah. Okay, Ghost Protocol. Yeah. I think that was directed by, by Brad Bird. Brad Bradbird. And he yep. did Iron Giant and... The Incredibles. Incredibles. And stuff. He's just a fucking good director when it comes to like showing things on screen. When it comes, to sh- and I think he kind of changed that series for the better. And they took that and were like, "This is what we want to build on." And they've made mm-hmm. it better each time. And I'm, I've just been blown away by it. So I think it deserves, it deserves props. Yeah. For for being Absolutely. able to Not- do that. <clears throat> I'm okay with this list. <laughs> so which one wins? Bang to two. One? Fuck you. <laughs> I, listen, I'm just happy Annihilation is there. If you guys wanted to give it to Paddington. I, I, I want to give it to Paddington, too. Because in all I'm respects, okay like, that movie shouldn't be that good. <laughs> like, it just yeah. shouldn't be that good, and it's fucking phenomenal. Like, there is no reason for Paddington 2 <laughs> to mm-hmm. be like some master <laughs> some masterpiece of a movie and it fucking is and that's where I think that's where my mind is just blown on how they can create something that's would s- just seemingly be a family film and make it so amazing mm-hmm. I'm okay with this and it and it doesn't talk down to you no like ah and that's what I love about it too like it it just fucking it goes with you yeah 
So congratulations to Paddington 2, <laughs> our yeah. movie of the year, with runners-up of Annihilation and Mission Impossible Fallout. Sweet. 45 minutes for a single category. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the next. Well, that was a big one, though. I feel like... It was a big one. It's yeah. the biggest movie category we've ever yeah. had. I think so, yeah. Uh, weirdest moment or game is the next one. We have Donut County... Part-time UFO, Runner 3, Nintendo Labo, Sony's 2018 E3, and Sony dropping PlayStation Experience. Yeah. Uh, let me let me tell you about a game called Part-time UFO. Okay. It is made by HAL Laboratories. Mm. Oh, and is okay. Currently on your smartphone where you play th- a little tiny UFO. I think I've heard about this. That has crash-landed on the Earth. Okay. And you're trying to get home. The only way to get home is to buy things from the UFO shop. And in order to get money, you take a bunch of different part-time jobs as a crane game operator as this little UFO. So you've got stuff like the first mission is, oh, this farmer dropped all of his turnips and he's driving his truck and he doesn't know he dropped his turnips so you're flying behind a truck trying to grab as big turnips as you can and drop them in his truck as he's driving (laughs) but then it it gets even weirder from there to where what's one of them you're helping a chef stack pancakes and the pancakes are kind of bouncy and floppy and the hook doesn't really grab the pancake fully so it's part physics game part claw game okay and then there's another one later on where you're at a high school and you're trying to stack cheerleaders into as high of a pyramid as you can without them falling over and again they're all kind of bouncy and wobbly Mm. then they play with those later on where you're back at the high school but it's sumo wrestlers on a teeter-totter over a pool so you're trying to drop them and keep them balanced without them falling into the pool it's part-time ufo is real weird but it's real catchy and it's real adorable (laughs) okay part-time ufo is real good and real fucking weird (laughs) oh what else do we have here uh i'm i'm willing to ball up uh the my two sony things in the one in one and then immediately scratching it because I don't think it'll hold up to everything else, but I think that's just, for me, a personal thing of just, like, what the fuck is Sony doing right now? Yeah. So, actually, actually I, I'm against you balling them up, and uh, dropping PSX, I can agree, <laughs> that's weird, and we okay. can strike that, but they're... What the fuck was that 2018 <laughs> E3 presentation? Yeah. Okay. We need All to right. talk about that. Okay, sure. That is a real weird fucking moment. A... <laughs> They have all of the journal, not all the journalists, not everyone made it into the building in time, mm. to, into the barn in time. <laughs> yeah. For the beginning of their presentation, for the banjo player to introduce The Last of Us Part 2. Mm. And then they cut away to like a sportscaster desk to like sportscast about <laughs> the E3 presentation and show a couple of trailers while the attending audience was shifting from one theater to another right and once they get to the new one there's a dude playing a japanese flute to introduce ghost of tsushima (laughs) and then actual e3 starts about an hour into their what the fuck was that yeah Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that I that was a fuck of a thing. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not ready to drop Sony's E3 presentation okay. 2018 sure. yet. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, that I mean that was weird. Like I feel like they they thought that they had like some like masterpiece idea. They were like, this is gonna fucking kill. But then they just didn't I, think of the totality of what they were doing. And right. Then it hit and they were like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I think I think what it was is that they were trying to hit uh the notes that they hit last year where yeah. it was like a nice little event that they had where it was like orchestrated, uh where they had the orchestra play the music for the people they are live and then also with the trailer so that way it was mm-hmm. like live music with it so i think they wanted to one up it and be like no nah, man let's just like make it like not only have a live performance but also have these people seem like they're living this experience of these games yeah or whatever and i think that's what they were set out to do but it just came off so fucking sloppy mm-hmm. of just like the just execution the execution so yeah. terrible yeah. yeah yeah i think actually in all respect i think it was a good idea but i think it's something that would play better if you pre-recorded everything mm-hmm. you know and you had yeah. it flow together uh-huh. and i don't know maybe this e3 is a reason why they're thinking about not doing e3 next year and saying hey maybe we'll just do our own pre-recorded thing <laughs> and make a badass right. like, segment and whatever i don't know but yeah, it oh, was N- weird. Nintendo had it right for years. Well, let's <laughs> yeah. just do that rather than corral people. Yeah, I mean it's to kind of to kind of branch off of that. Like, not only are they not doing E three, but it's like, um, like they weren't at the Game Awards. They canceled their PSX. Mm-hmm. Like, there were no trailers for anything. That, Sean Layden was at the Game Awards. He he was there. Yeah, but there was like no new trailers of anything that they had. Yeah. Like, everybody was waiting for yeah. Last of Us 2, Death Stranding, uh, like, even fucking uh, Days Gone. Like, there was nothing. There was no new anything from Sony. What what it comes across to me is, like, they're probably planning the next big steps. They're playing the PS5. They're planning all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. But to completely withdraw like this mm-hmm. after that fucking monstrosity of an e3 presentation <laughs> right yeah it's yeah it's weird they're in a weird space and it's showing mm-hmm. it's... they didn't go full nintendo 2008 they did nintendo. not go 2008 <laughs> nintendo no one will ever go 2008 <laughs> nintendo but i think they realized they were oh. starting to almost go that way and then they were like wait a minute hold on let's style it yeah. back here when's the last time you watched the 2008 <laughs> nintendo e3 presentation because it is a beautiful monstrosity <laughs> that i go back to maybe every couple I don't of years know. or so i i think i watched like 30 seconds of it then i'm like why the fuck am i watching this and then and because then it's beautiful <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that drumming sequence. Oh, I think God. also with Sony, too, is that they usually have really good E3s. So they probably yeah. were like, we need to beat this E3. We need to do something crazy and original. And what they did was original. It was just fucking weird. <laughs> and yeah. the execution was so off. And people, especially with the guy playing the Japanese instruments, and he is he's an amazing artist at it, but it's a weird instrument, and people don't understand it. So people are like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I don't understand this. 
but to also do that after trying to huddle people from one theater to another yeah. and after their sports desk, like, it was uh, just not. Someone didn't think about how this actually was supposed to operate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's upsetting because they had that Ghost of Tsushima presentation mm-hmm. taken in a vacuum was wonderful. Yeah. It was amazingly well done. But if you already have agitated everyone <laughs> and then you try to go with something that's so off the beaten path and so out there as a presentation style, you're just going to alienate them further. Mm-hmm. And they didn't realize this. Yeah, because I wasn't really excited for Ghost of Tsushima because I was in that mindset of being like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, <laughs> what is what is happening with with this presentation? Like, is it really broken up in the segments? Or Like, I was actually waiting after the Ghost of Tsushima reveal. I was waiting for them to be like, all right, everybody, get up and let's go to the next venue. Like, Yeah, uh, right? I, no one knew what the fuck was going on. Uh, yeah. I, they like, might uh, as well. I, I was going to laugh my ass off if actually they told people to get up and go to the next fucking venue for the third <laughs> announcement or whatever thing that they yeah. were going to do next. I was waiting for it. They didn't, which I was like, I was a little disappointed, but I was also like, that's probably for the better. <laughs> the greatest thing was watching Giant Bomb talk over it. Mm-hmm. Because during the transitional scenes, they've got a friend in scene at Jeff Bacalar who was physically at those locations. So in the sports desk commentary, they just call him up. They're like, hey, Jeff, where are you? I don't fucking know, man. I don't know what the fuck is going on. They told me to be here. Now I got here as it ended, and then they're telling me to go somewhere else. They're like, okay. So are you in line for the other theater? I guess so. I don't fucking know. They're like, well, he's like, it's supposed to start in like 10 minutes. And then and then it immediately started. They're like, well, we got to go, Jeff. It's starting, so we're going to watch it while you wait outside of it. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Sony's uh, E3 has been bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to shift back into actual games. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about Runner 3, Wally. You and I have put the most time into Runner 3. Yes. Uh, what... <sighs> yeah, go ahead. It's, it's the most out there of Runner 3s. I, I will oh. say of of Bitrip Runner games, uh, they they definitely just go into an area where they're just like fucking whatever, man. It's a video game, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. But a lot of it, to me, comes across as just the next logical step from Runner Two, and mm. that's not to make it any less weird. Mm. I mean, Sausage Santa is one of the weirder concepts. <laughs> And, like, if you stop, if you watch someone else play Runner 3 so that you can really take in all of the intense visuals, Mm. it just gets weirder and weirder. Especially with, like, the hero quests where you have the two pieces of frosted mini-wheats getting married that need you to collect... What did they need you to collect? Like, fish gizzards? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, something like that. To then unlock Woe Dave, and they make a comment that he was funny at first, but now he just is only talking about pennies. <laughs> yep. I, yeah, and, and then you can turn Dave into a split-open avocado. Mm-hmm. Where you get Uncle Dill, and then you can make him a rotted pickle and put him in a trucker cap, and it's... You can play as fucking Charles Martinet. Which I've yet to get. <laughs> Me too. 
Yeah, runner. Yeah, the longer I talk about it, I just I just remembered another opening segment where uh, it just hit me uh, because all the I, I love loading that game every time just to see like what shit pops up. Uh, it it runner three is very much that you got to be in the mood for random humor for because yes. that because that is exactly what runner three is uh but yeah there there was one segment i just realized i just remembered about where it was like uh today's thrilling episode is brought to you by my phone number really guys <laughs> and it was like and it, and it was like a phone book it was a phone book and it says charles martinet and his phone number and it's circled in red and it's like pointing to it and he's just like really and that's it and he's like i'm charles martinet welcome to runner three like and then it goes from there but like yeah i have not seen that one that's real good that's a good yeah i uh, yeah <laughs> yeah it's runner three is just like how much weird can you fit into one game mm-hmm. and then let's overfill it yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah but it's I'm, it's fucking fun though it's a fun rhythm game i love it like I, but we're, I, we're not judging these based off of quality <laughs> yet this <laughs> yeah. is just weird factor uh, yes agreed uh and i'd say it's weird factors rather high yeah uh, Steve, you've got a couple of things listed here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll talk about Donut County because Labo, I didn't really play. I just looked at it, you know, and it, just looking at it, it's fucking weird. But Donut County, so to explain that game, <laughs> you basically play an app on this guy's kind of i guess it would be an app on his phone on the that ra- the raccoon yeah phone. yeah you're you're playing the app on a raccoon's phone yeah and he he owns a donut shop but the donuts are not actual donuts they're holes that that he that spawn in locations and you just dis- basically just suck everything into the into an abyss <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this guy's bothering me. He, his his horn's going off. Send him a donut. <laughs> Send him a donut, and you suck him in the fucking hole. And it's kind of it's a it's a it's, it's a puzzle, I guess. I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah, the hole gets bigger as you suck things in. It grows. Um, but also, if you suck in certain other things, it'll change the properties of the yeah, hole. Like a fire. So, like if you suck in a campfire, it becomes a fire hole that spits out smoke. Yeah. Mm. Or will light fireworks. And you can, <laughs> and you can upgrade your hole to have like a launcher on it. And oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So that you can spit up the last thing that was put in the yeah. hole. Yeah. Yeah. It is a weird fucking... It's a weird game. It's a weird, interesting game. And I think... I think there's a lot to analyze in it because it's just so weird and to understand what the fuck they're actually doing. It's actually a game about when people are assholes but don't realize they're being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it is actually a game about personal growth via sending people donuts and sucking them into an yeah. abyss. So you suck the whole fucking town... <laughs> <clears throat> into an abyss and they're all animals Which is actually los they're angeles all, yeah they're all animals except for one human character 
Yeah, it's. I'm not ready to cut Donut County. No, I wouldn't. I, I don't think it should should be cut. I think it's fucking weird. Why yeah. did someone make this game? I don't. I mean, this goes the same for Labo. Like, why the fuck did it's Nintendo being Nintendo? You know. <laughs> let's let's talk about Nintendo. Labo, let's shall talk we? about Labo. Uh, yeah, so there were rumors shortly before they announced Labo that Nintendo was working on some new thing, some new platform. <laughs> was the rumor mill churning? And then it's fucking cardboard. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking cardboard toy set that you punch the fuck out and you bend shit together <laughs> and you can make a big robot backpack and visor. Mm-hmm. Or a bunch of little toys that are now... Some of those are compatible with, like, Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. So you can slot the, the handle... You can slot your Switch into the handlebars and play Mario Kart on a bike from a first-person perspective using Labo. Mm-hmm. Mm. Weird. What drugs <laughs> does <laughs> Nintendo have when they cooked up the concept of Labo? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I thought for me with that announcement, I think I I have never been the most like turned oh, off, God. just fucking switched off my brain to the concept of like what the fuck they were yeah. doing. I mean, this was before I think this was before I had a Switch and like when I really started following like Switch games and and what was coming out and uh, starting to play some of them and really starting to enjoy my Switch. But like I I think it was before then. But like even during that whole phase, I was just like, the fuck even <laughs> like why yeah. why and I I it just I was just like, what are you doing, Nintendo? Yeah. <laughs> like so what. To me, what's even weirder than the actual product is the software that they have developed with that mm-hmm. is super robust, and you can make any number of different scenarios and program if-then statements and logic into it to develop your own Labo creations. So uh, you can tap into the camera that's in the right Joy-Con base, and that's a high-resolution infrared camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can really identify a bunch of shit with it. And using reflective shapes, you can program it to do any number of things. That's even fucking weirder than yeah. the cardboard stuff because suddenly you basically have developer, well, not developer access, but like Fisher-Price level developer access to that. And right. people have been making really neat stuff with it. Yeah. But what the... <laughs> what? What? Why? That, what? That little camera is so funny. Like, I watched a a guy, a streamer who was building shit on Labo and he didn't know that that camera existed and then all of a sudden you turn it on and that camera like sh- shows his face and he's like, How the f- what the fuck? Where's this camera on this fucking thing? What the fuck is going on? Like it is, that I w- like I thought that that was just really weird. I don't understand it. It's cool. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why. I, I wonder what that meeting was like <laughs> when they sat in a room and someone was like, Hey, listen! I got this new idea. Cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> or cardboard cutouts. You build this shit, and it's gonna be. And we'll charge we'll people charge for people it. People for this, and they were probably like, "Okay, it sounds cool to me." 
Like, I think it's one when of those things s- that I love uh, the weirdness of it, but I also hate it. Like, I just, I despise it. Like, I, I, <laughs> I love the weird. Wow. The, yeah. Wow. I, when I saw that. That's strong words. I, I really do. Like, when I saw that, I actually was like, <laughs> I felt the same as Wally. Like, it just kind of really turned me off to Nintendo in that moment. Because I was just like, mm. they could have, like, I like that they're trying to do something that you can build with. In, but they just could have done it in a better way than give me cardboard. Like there, there are so many better ways that they could that, yeah. that they can use your brain to build something with that than give me like this cheap ass cardboard bullshit. And that's where I just lo- mm-hmm. that's where they lost me was I was like I like the concept of of people building things and being creative, but I don't like the way that they used it. I just thought that that was pure consumerism at its finest. Of like, I know how we can use this. Give people cardboard cutouts. And that was well, where I fucking just lost. I just was like, uh, it was almost like back rewind back to Nintendo, just giving us fucking amiibos rather than content. And that's where I didn't like it. Right. Well, the whole thing uh, apparently that cardboard isn't what you would think of with cardboard. It's a much heavy duty or stock, and it will hold up to kids battering the shit out of it. But that's the thing is that Labo more than amiibo more than anything else is literally a toy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how they were viewing it as a company. Yeah. It's still fucking weird that Nintendo decided to pivot the Switch into this toy thing. And for all intents and purposes, it met all of their goals for it. Yeah. Despite it not selling well at all. It's... That was fucking bizarre. It, it is. Um... Uh, I think it should make the list because I totally <laughs> forgot about Nintendo Labo. I think I blocked it out of my memory. Yeah. <laughs> and then it wasn't until I looked at the list last night and then I saw it on Darren's side and I was like, all right, Nintendo Labo fucking happened this year. <laughs> that happened this year. It like unlocked that part of my memory again where I was just like, oh, right, I fucking yeah, threw that away. I think it should make that the concept list. away. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, in that spirit... Uh, part-time UFO is inspired. It's different. It's weird. I don't think its weirdness l- reaches the level of most other things on this list. Mm. Okay. So I will, I will strike. I will kill my own child. <laughs> so that leads us down to Runner Three Donut County and Sony's 2018 <laughs> E3 presentation. Mm. One of these things cannot make the list. For me, I actually think the more that we talked about it, I think that Sony's E3 is just so weird, and I like it for the weird. Like I, like I said, it's yeah. almost like Labo for me, where I hated it, but I liked it for its. Like I like the weirdness that came about from it, and I think mm-hmm. there's just it, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just like a thing that like games are one thing. Like it's cool to be weird, but that just really left me scratching my head at like what the fuck they were thinking, you know? Yeah. I think Sony's E3 b- belongs on this list. Yeah, I do too. Right. It is the weirdest okay. E3 presentation <laughs> since Nintendo 2008. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So that leads us down to Runner 3 versus Donut County. You know, I, as much of Runner 3 is that, like, that random humor, I don't consider it weird. As, no, or probably as weird as Donut, probably as Donut County, at least from what I've seen of, of Donut County. 
Yeah, and, and that's kind of where I'm coming to as well, is that Runner 3 is the next logical step mm. in the weird that is the entirety of the Bit Trip franchise. Right. And as much as I appreciate the weird, it's kind of been done before. Yeah. Like the Charles Martinet announcer, I'm Charles Martinet, and then the opening advertisement is they did the same thing in Runner 2. Mm-hmm. And it's a new group, but also you don't get to play as a running cheeseburger in this one. Mm-hmm. The, so, so the exclusion, so fuck em. Fuck the exclusion of wet fart cheeseburger as a playable character. But they explain that. I you know get they to the explain puppet, it. I've got which I think, which I think was, which I think was amazing. By cheese, the way, cheese throat is a really good <laughs> name for him. But yeah, I I think Donut County needs to make it to this list over Runner Three. Yeah unfortunately i i also side note i love how they include they're like also maybe because the developers just didn't have time to throw him in there so maybe that's why he's on there but we don't know no one knows i love how they threw that in there because i feel like that was just like that was almost directed towards you darren because oh yeah why it just wasn't in the character why he wasn't in the roster you had this before oh, yeah we just didn't have time god yep. damn it <laughs> yeah fine yep uh so that leaves us with our top three as nintendo labo sony's 2008 e3 and donut county i got i gotta say labo because labo is just like it, it's so it's like it's, it's, it's 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 so beyond a nintendo thing because like you know we always say like oh that's such a nintendo thing but this is so like a such a beyond nintendo thing yeah, that it's it just is. like it's just like i mean i i mean both steve and i expressed it we both were like the fuck are you even doing <laughs> nintendo like what is this what is this for who is it like and even after even though like Nintendo was trying to answer as many questions as possible. It was still, even though people were journalists were getting answers, it was still everyone was like, "What the fuck is this thing?" Mm. <laughs> and there's there's a beautiful stream, giant bomb stream, Jeff Gersman assembling the robot backpack, and it oh, took God. two days to put that thing together. It is work to get that thing <laughs> together. And then when they did, it was too small for an adult man. Oh god. Of Jeff Gersman's size, so they had to modify the Labo <laughs> to get it to work. It's uh it's a thing that should be viewed. I highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, like even as a fan of Nintendo, like I do enjoy Amiibo for what they are. Mhm. But I see the but I see the purpose of it because it's a it's a collector's thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like so yeah, that's right? why that's why I felt like with the Amiibo it was like Okay, it's a collector's item, but it's also this as well, where you can use it for games, like for Nintendo yes. games, for content or whatever, uh, or for little bonuses. So, like, it's like, okay, yeah, so it's a little collector's item plus that. So, it's like, but, okay, I, I could see that. Yeah. And, and that I was willing to be like, okay, that's what it is. Like, I'm not going to collect all those fucking things, but... I know people okay. who do, and I know one of them who's <laughs> with us in this in this yes. podcast. I've I've toned down my amiibo collecting. <laughs> collecting. I don't remember the last time I actually bought yeah. one. But okay. Labo, 
as soon as it was announced, I again, yeah, I was not interested. Yeah. I'm yeah. more interested in watching videos of other people making things in Labo than I am ever interacting with that piece of software mm-hmm. and that sheets of cardboard at any point. Yeah. So and I, I think I think every time I walked by it, like when I was at like a Target or something, and I'd walk by and see Nintendo Labo, and I just like would shake my head, just be like, "What the fuck?" I laugh, <laughs> like, I laugh real yeah. hard every time yeah. I see a Labo, especially if it's in the electronics section, because yep. that's funny as shit. So congratulations, Nintendo Labo, <laughs> you're the weirdest game of 2018. <laughs> with the weirdest the thing, up. just yeah. thing, like yeah. it's, it's a get, moment and a game, yeah. like so. So why don't we why don't we just right now executive decision weirdest weirdest thing <laughs> yeah Labo. award goes to <laughs> Nintendo Labo with runners up of Sony's 2018 E3 press conference and Donut County. Sounds All right, let's me. see. We've been going for about an hour and fifteen minutes. Are you ready to go through the next category, or should we take a break? I'm I'm okay with it because yeah, it's I'd say we go short, through the or it looks the short next category. Yeah. Okay. I'm on the same page. Next category is best expansion content. This is post-release content, either paid or free, that was released during the calendar year 2018. We have nominated Frostpunk Updates, No Man's Sky Next, Hammond slash Wrecking Ball for Overwatch, and The City That Never Sleeps from Marvel's Spider-Man. So we're already starting with four items. (laughs) <laughs> we need to ask one of them <laughs> right so at being the only person who has played frostpunk mm-hmm. frostpunk is an amazing game that only got better as the year went on now granted i didn't start playing frostpunk until a few days before one of the big final expansions mm. but looking back on it seeing how that game evolved throughout the year and it was all free, mind you. There was no paid DLC for Frostpunk. So okay. Frostpunk is a dystopian strategy city builder in which the mm. entire world has been frozen over. Right. And the main story consists of you taking all of London to the Arctic Circle to one of these pits that is in the center of it is a giant furnace, which is your entire life force. That's just the main thing, and that was available from day one. Mm-hmm. They've been slowly rolling out other scenarios. So one of them, one of the other scenarios is there's a bunch of greenhouses. It's basically seed arcs or seed vaults, mm-hmm. like doomsday vaults, and you need to keep those to a certain temperature throughout the entire time that you're playing it through X number of weeks, and also try to automate the whole process so that theoretically people could just leave and the whole thing would keep working. That one I never finished. But the the entire thing with Frostpunk 2 is that as the days go on, the weather gets colder and colder and colder, so you have to continually gain more and more resources to keep mm-hmm. people fed and keep tools running. But they kept rolling out a bunch of different scenarios. They had four different scenarios that came out, and then the very last one was the after-credits scenario for the main thing so once you get through the main thing and you survive the deep freeze that's supposed to be game over Mm. until this new scenario came out and it's like no more shit happens because of course it does there is no actual end because that's not how reality works now 
re you need to deal with the repercussions of the terrible decisions you made and keep going. Mm. It it I was real hot on Frostpunk for about a month, maybe two weeks to th to four. But I don't I don't actually see it weighing in on this list. I love mm. Frostpunk. I love what they did with Frostpunk. Eh, don't just cut it off yet. Let's no. let's go through all of our okay. options here. So we also have No Man's Sky next, mm. which I let me start off by saying this needs to be on this list because it finally added multiplayer to No Man's Sky. I agree. It got a lot closer to that initial pitch. Mm -hmm. They changed a lot of the ways that the randomization, the random creation of mm -hmm. planets and things work. And I had a lot of fun in that one hot week that we had when we were playing <laughs> No Man's Sky we should, again. We should get back into it, but yeah. like We, we really should. It, because yeah. with the release of Next, it kind of became the No Man's Sky that was promised two years ago. Right. And then they also, they also totally uh, revamped uh, their whole mineral and material system. Yes. Like, they totally changed everything of that. Like, I mean, there's still, like, carbon was still fucking used for a lot of things uh, and, and some other things. But, like, some of the elements just got really specific as to what they're for. Mm -hmm. And and then also with their whole, like, uh, processing system that they made. So it's like, you fucking throw a mineral in there in the processor and then you have to wait for it to finish so it's like you can go out and do other things go explore and then come back and then maybe if it's like a more rare resource maybe it'll be done <laughs> with with all of it so like yeah they just did a huge overhaul with all of their materials uh in that game which which was good because i felt like there was there was some materials that was either too frequent or just not enough of and now it's just like there's a, there's a means to get them so much better now than just being like oh well now i have to fly to this i mean you still have to fly to other plants to get certain materials but they made it easier to get someone with like the even more rare resources that you need for for certain items the the only problem that i have with it and it's more of a conceptual issue is that the whole crux of no man's sky when it first came out was the whole idea of you're constantly exploring mm -hmm. and you're constantly moving here and there to add in that really robust and really well-designed base building element mm -hmm. kind of throws spits in the face of the original concept because you have to keep returning to the same spot yeah but they make that easy enough to where you can just teleport there so if you well, find a cool-ass place, you can set it up and be perfect, and then every once in a while, go back home. Not just that, but I also believe that if there's, like, say there's a planet that you prefer over wherever your base is, you can set up your base again and then be like, hey, make this my main base, and I think it just transfers everything over. Like, it transfers oh. all the materials, like, everything you had, like, in your, in your uh, deposits or whatever, it basically all just, like fucking basically teleports into your new base so it's not like it's gone forever it's just basically thrown into a bank more or less right. and then and then you could just reuse it to to build your base again oh well then okay that completely nullifies my entire philosophical argument there you go okay 
You you can build more than one base, and then just you just need to go to a terminal. You just need to build a terminal and be like, hey, make this my main base on this planet. Because I've done that with my single player, my second single player run. Because I because there was one planet that I found. I was like, right. oh cool. I was like, oh cool. There's no hazards here, uh, and there's like abundant amount of resources and creatures and exploring. And it's a big planet, so let me make this my main base. And then, yeah, it just, like, transferred everything over. And then it was like, all right, cool. So now I could just quickly rebuild what I had on that previous base right. and then set up set up shop. And didn't wasn't this the expansion that also added a lot more of the little encounters? Like, I kept coming across, like, the nightmare nests where I was just harvesting <laughs> eggs and trying not to die to make yeah. millions and millions of credits. So, yeah, they did, they did add some more creatures... Uh, that you could cut or hostile creatures that you could come yeah. across uh and that yeah and they like even even like their whole like pirate and police system that that are in that game like man they fucking really hunt you down <laughs> like yeah, they they're they pretty relentless so yeah do you guys <clears throat> think if that was what was released on like its official launch do you think that it would have still gotten a lot of backlash from people or do you think it would have been no <clears throat> i i well i think it would have gotten some but not it wouldn't be as vitriolic it just yeah. wouldn't have right been now. the because biggest fuck up of the year you know like yeah no no it wouldn't have it it, it would have been a mild disappointment i think for yeah. some people right because at its core, it's still No Man's mm-hmm. Sky. It's still that same game. But this is a fleshed out, what feels like version 1.0. 2016's, our biggest fuck up of the year was yep. No Man's Sky. <laughs> and, and to see them turn it around like this, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think you would have had that big of a backlash. So I... I I, th- I think with a bullet, No Man's Sky Next needs to be on this list. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, let me talk about the the DLC, the paid DLC for No Man's Sky. Because like everything, everything that's here besides the Spider-Man stuff is basically free. So this is the only thing that's actual like a paid season pass. Oh, the uh, Spider-Man thing? Yeah, the Spider-Man, the city never sleeps, because that's what it's called. Um, okay. I, I like it because it's it's a proper expansion. It is exactly what a paid expansion should be. It's more of it's more story, it's more uh, content, it's more gameplay. It mixes up a couple of things, um, and you get more of that world uh, for what you paid for. And it's not just like. I mean, yeah, a lot of people love all of the the suits that come with it because there's like three suits every every uh, pass or every piece of DLC, uh, which I mean, you know, it's it's like a nice little thing just cosmetically. I mean, they don't have any powers unlike the other ones do, like in the main game. Um, so it's it's totally cosmetic and it's just for kind of a appreciation for just the Spider-Man universe. Um, but I think the thing that was interesting for me about this piece of content was that it was just this ongoing story. It was just this ongoing like plot that was that's lasting across all three DLC pieces. 
and I and I I think because of it's like a continuation story that's just like this whole chapter that has nothing to do with the main storyline. It was just extra. And I think that's that's what just content should be. Like that's just what yeah. um expansion content should be. It's a paid expansion that's worth the price. Yeah, exactly. And gives you an excuse to stay in that world even if you've already done it's everything. It's worth the price yeah. and it also isn't like in addition to the like not building up to the next story that they're going to be doing, you know. It's like Yep. So you don't have yeah. to buy it. But if you love Spider-Man, even though I haven't played it yet, but if you love Spider-Man, you know, you can buy it and it'll add more to your game, but you don't have to buy you like you don't have to buy it to get more to experience more of the story that they were telling, you know. And I, I like mm-hmm. that's good. That's just good DLC. Like, hey, if you like the game, you can pay for this, but we're not going to like add story on top of the story that we created. We're going to add side story that you don't need for that. To put it thematically, it's basically a one-off comic series that is just split into three books. Yeah. That's just like boom, boom, boom. That tells so then, each each chapter. So then, my question becomes: Is the writing in that on par with the core story? Is it the same no. level of quality? I mean, it it, it by the second. Like, because I was interested with the first chapter, and then where the second chapter, like, it's kind of interesting because the second chapter, I was kind of like, oh, whatever. But as I was getting into it, I was like, Jesus, okay, this is really going places. (laughs) And, like, I'm kind of really excited to see where the third chapter resolves everything um, and how it resolves everything. Uh, Is it on the same level as the core story? Uh, I, I don't think maybe as far as, like, like moments uh but i would still say it's pretty solid like it's definitely not something that's just like forgettable uh or just being like yeah whatever um no i think i think it was still because i still you know was paying attention to like what the hell was happening and want to know what's what's going to happen next um so yeah i mean i i I don't think it's up there with the main storyline, but I think it, it is a great little little piece of yeah. It's like it's just a little bit more like okay because it it could easily be brushed off as like yeah it's more story, but it's not great story. But it I wouldn't say it falls under that category. Like I still okay. think it's still interesting and 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 has me intrigued as to where it's gonna go. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so the last thing we have here is Hammond slash Wrecking Bolt. Uh, he's my new main, basically, in Overwatch. That's all I've got to say about that, but I'm willing to strike him just because it's, like, one character. They kind of really haven't... I mean, I'm... Yeah, I, it's another new character, and honestly, from my standpoint, if I were to pick an incoming new Overwatch character, for me, it would probably be Ash over mm, Wrecking Ball, but right. that's just me. A lot of that's personal taste. I think the more prescient thing to say here is that they continue to support Overwatch in a way two years later. It's almost yeah. like it's still launch year. Yeah. yeah. Like they are dedicated to keeping that game fresh, keeping that game new, mm-hmm. and that deserves to be applauded. Yes. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, I don't think it hangs. I don't think Mr. Balls... <laughs> 
hangs on this list, unfortunately. I mean, he's fun as hell, and he was basically the character that was like, I'm playing Spider-Man before Spider-Man comes out. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, he has that whole physics oh, yeah. <laughs> of swinging and, and, and everything, and I just fucking loved it. Like, I clicked with that character so fucking fast. Like, he was the fastest yeah. character I was able to understand. Like, and I that, still don't game. get him. Jesus Christ, I still don't get Ball Boy. Yeah. Like, it's real good. It's real I good. <laughs> but that's just the thing. Like that's the thing about Overwatch is it's like there are some characters that just fucking click, and there are some that just yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's the cool. Like thing. Hanzo yeah. for me. Like Hanzo for me. I just can't fucking do. But like people can are so good with yeah. him, and I try him, and I'm like, I might as well be <laughs> mashing my face on the keyboard. Yeah. I think that's the cool. One of the coolest things about Overwatch is that it just clicks so differently with a, with everybody. Like the mm-hmm. the characters yeah. that people like understand how to use like i understand how to use only diva basically <laughs> but like uh yeah but you are but a damn good diva if, man <laughs> but it's just weird that you know maybe someone else just doesn't understand how to use diva at all you know and it's just like right know, it's just mentally I'm, I, and i'm starting to get the hang of her like i'm starting to get the hang of diva whereas like because yeah I, there are so many times where i see you steve and i'm like man i wish i could be good with diva because steve's really fucking good with diva and it just like I'm. It's just starting to click with yeah. me now. Like I'm starting to barely understand. understand yeah, there's just her. like a mental click that happens, you know, with with certain characters. For yeah. people. it's just like, oh, you 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 see it, and it's just like I know how to use this fucking character, and you're just good with it. Mm-hmm. And I I like that. And then you hope that Blizzard never changes your perfect little Swedish dwarf, <laughs> and then they change your perfect little Swedish dwarf, and now you don't know what to do with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. It can happen. It's like you dicks. But no, the the Torbjorn updates were pretty good this year. Uh, but yeah, no, Overwatch remains to be a very good mm-hmm. game. Uh, so that means our top three would be the Frostpunk updates, the City That Never Sleeps. Uh, did is that the City That Never Sleeps specifically that chapter called out to you, or just all of that's, the DLC? That's that's name of the DLC. Like, oh, all of it. Okay, that's that's the name of the the season pass is called the city that never sleeps. Because okay. if you because if you basically search for it in the PlayStation Store, like if you if you search for like Spider Man season pass, like it pops up with that title. Okay, so that's just what's called. So I th- I I think we have to give it to No Man's Sky because they finally delivered on what that game was supposed to be. I, I I think hmm. I think No Man's Sky next has to win this category. As someone who has never touched Spider Man, <laughs> that's where my feelings lie. <laughs> I can be convinced otherwise, but right now it's I I don't see I I, I I guess the reason why I don't see it winning is similar to what Steve was saying, where one of his points was it's where it should have been and i don't i don't i mean i totally commend hello games for turning no man's sky around and i think it's fucking great and i think next is fantastic but i mean it's it's one of those things where it's like should that be considered expansion because it was just something that was basically promised or was talked about previously that was supposed to be supposedly a part of the core game but never made it. 
So that argument presupposes that this should not be in the category at all. Mm. Which I would completely disagree with because none of the crafting and none of that was actually a part of that game from the beginning. And that's actually, that made me actually care about crafting in a game that I normally don't give two shits about crafting. Right. Like, I really want my space base to look real fucking cool. But I get the argument that, yes, this should have been in there from day one. Mm -hmm. But also my head can be a light bulb. So counter that. So okay, I can I can see. I can see it not winning given that argument, mm-hmm. but I do think it needs to be on the list. Oh yeah. So congratulations, Frostpunk. You have <laughs> okay, just God won. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> but no, I I'm I'm okay giving it to Spider-Man. I- I guess, I guess, Steve. What do you, what do you think after oh. hearing? I mean, I know you haven't. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, played I haven't played any, any of these. <laughs> um, but just hearing, hearing off of me and Darren I'm, talk about. I'm, I would kind of, uh, like, I don't know, because it's, it's hard for me because I kind of agree with Darren that No Man's Sky should win because they probably put so much work into that because because of all the shit that went down and stuff like that, but. I also agree with you, Wally, that that's what the game was supposed to be. And they probably already had <laughs> yeah. that idea that that was what they were going to release. But they like when the flood happened or whatever happened, they lost that content. So they, they couldn't use mm-hmm. that because I, I think they already had that. And it was that's what the game was mm-hmm. going to be. So I agree. Like, I, I just agree on both ends because they had to they had to put a lot of work into making that game finally good and what it was supposed to be. But they also were probably already ha- already had that and just didn't release it at that at the time because they lost it. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, it's I think it's a conundrum. I would probably go with No Man's Sky, but I have never played any of that. And I, I mean, I love Spider Man, but I still just mm-hmm. not, I haven't played that. See, I, I don't me, know. It's, it's I, hard. I I, I do. I do think No Man's Sky should take it because it's finally a make good, but then they went beyond that as well. Like, they were always cagey about online. Mm -hmm. And to finally have the online there and have it work as well as it does. And also, uh, just another point on No Man's Sky, and not like, I, I don't, I think this would be another reason why maybe it should win, is they could have just been like, we fucked up. And we're not touching No Man's Sky ever again. But they they stuck right. with it, and they were like, you know what? We feel bad. We feel like shit, and we'll let's let's do this, you know. And they so they so they they did it, you know. They stayed true because they could have just probably left it in the dust and just been like, hey, we fucked up with No Man's Sky. Yeah. Sorry about it. You're stuck with this. But shitty then game. beyond, <laughs> but they didn't. You know, they kept they they kept. Doing but it. then beyond that, they also released in October the Abyss, which is a whole underwater thing, mm-hmm. mm. and which added customizing body shape, motorbikes, a lot of underwater right. stuff, and again, all of this shit is free. Yeah, they could have done the extra shitty route, especially with Sony helping out mm-hmm. here. And been like, no, you got to pay to make it the thing that you wanted it to be. Right. It's 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 a monumental make good yeah. mm. to all of the people that already bought that game. Let me put it this way. I will not be upset if Spider-Man doesn't get it. 
So there we go. So what do we do? I I I think I think No Man's Sky should should win it. Like I I would okay. not be I would not be. It's it's one of those things where it's like both are just really good, yeah. but we got to pick one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like kind of deal. So, but yeah, I mean, if if it seems like kind of unanimous, like between the three of us, um, then yeah, yeah I, then. I'm leaning much harder toward No Man's Sky. Right. Yeah. Do we have a quorum? Yeah. All right. No Man's <laughs> Sky next. Congratulations. You're the expansion content of the year for 2018 with runner-up of The City That Never Sleeps by Spider-Man and way back there in the distance. You see it there? That's the Frostpunk updates. <laughs> I'm glad nice, they got nice, them all. Nice job, Frostpunk. <laughs> Frostpunk is so good. So that, I think, yeah, that'll wrap up the first episode give you a mm-hmm. quick rundown of the topics we had movie of the year goes to paddington 2 with runners up of annihilation and mission impossible fallout weirdest thing 2018 goes to nintendo labo with runners up of sony's 2008 e3 and donut county and then best expansion content no man's sky next with the runners up of the city that never sleeps and frost punk thank you for joining us we will be back in a second if you're watching live if not if you listen to this on the feed we'll be back at some point in the future with day two deliberations well taking a break anyway starting off with multiplayer game of the year (laughs) yes indeed we'll see you then Mm mm-hmm Oh no. It did and it was, but my audition is freezing and not responding right now. Yeah. Because I minimized it, so it's like. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's going blank on me, guys. <laughs> oh, sorry. He said he really had to go take a shit. Fuck. I'm saying I'm saying a break because we should probably like. I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> no, thank you. No, no. Okay. Yes, thank you. <laughs> 